When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey everybody, this is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and this is going to be a good episode here. You know, just to be a little bit honest, I, I came into this episode here, and I was kind of looking for a uh, some low-hanging fruit. I'll be honest, I did. But then I came around this one guy's email, and I realized, ah, this really needs to be addressed. I mean, it's it's got some unpacking to do to it. But I think that the contents of this email that I received applies to so many people because of how trading has changed so much over the last 18 months to two years with free commissions and with the stock market just rallying insane amounts due to just ridiculous accommodating by the Fed. So much has changed. So many more people are interested in the stock market through apps like Robinhood. I know I crack on Robinhood and Robinhood bros and stuff like that. I really don't have anything against Robinhood bros. I don't like the Robinhood app. I'll be honest with you there. But uh, I think I think Robinhood Bros are great for the market, man. I think it's added a new dynamic. I think it's added a lot of new retail traders, but I want Robinhood Bros to be successful. I don't want them to make stupid mistakes, and they're jumping into this, by and large, a lot of them, without really considering some of the consequences for their actions. So you guys give me a lot of motivation to try to help you guys out and to try to make you guys better traders. When I'm making jokes on Instagram or, or something else, you know, I'm just having a good time with you guys. Nonetheless, this email does require some serious discussion. And for the sake of clarifying who we're talking about here, we're giving this guy the name Poe. He says, he even, he even puts in this subject, you can call me Poe. So I'm not sure if that's like a Poe Dameron from Star Wars or if that goes back, because I feel like we're starting to get intergalactic here. We've had Han Solo, I think, on one episode. So we're getting away from like the Florida redneck names, apparently, and we're going intergalactic here because this like Poe is like synonymous with Poe Dameron, I think. But he said, just started listening to your podcast and I love it. He says, I figured I'd give you my story. I am what you would consider a Robin Hood bro. All right, man. Hey, admitting to it is like the first step at recovery, right? He says, I am a full-time student and I have three part-time jobs. Man, this guy's got some hustle to him. That's what you want to hear because the stock market takes some hustle too, man. You got to carve out the time for it, which I don't know how the heck he's going to do it as a full-time student with three part-time jobs. But he says, I'm hoping to go to school and get a finance master's with an accounting minor. Now, I'll, I'll tell you this. For those that are pretty young listening to this, finance degree is good. You're going to learn some basic principles and stuff like that. It might actually help you. I don't think it's going to help you from a technical analysis standpoint, but you know, reading balance sheets and income statements and cash flow statements, yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll help you out. But it's not going to make you a good trader. Accounting, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've never, I've only taken like one basic accounting class 
I took uh, economics in college. I thought that, you know, the basic economics classes is probably what I learned the most from, not, not when I made it an emphasis of my studies. Honestly, if I was to go back to college and do it over again, I did political science and economics, like I said. And uh, political science has actually helped me some because it's helped me understand the political system and understanding its effects or potential effects on the stock market as a whole. But if I had to do it over again, I'd probably do something math-related engineering, maybe just do mathematics, computer science. All those things are good because it's going to teach you a lot of different math concepts. That's what I would focus on. Knowing that I would be a full-time trader, I would go back and do uh, something math-oriented. And before I get going with the rest of this email, keep it as simple tonight. I'm just going with some Jameson Irish whiskey. Everybody's had some Jameson before, right? It's not bad. It's not the most wonderful thing in the world, but it's very easy to drink by itself. It's 40% alcohol, 80 proof, but it's always got like a nice taste. It's usually like a good pregame drink, really. But when you're when you're rating Jameson, I mean, it, it's pretty much it is what it is. It's it's like a 6.0. It's a decent whiskey. It's not going to disappoint you, and it's not going to give you this like exhilaration for having drank it. So moving on with his email here, he says, I recently turned 18 in June and always knew investing was for me. I did my best to read and watch as much YouTube videos and have a separate couch potato fund, which if you don't know what a couch potato fund is, it's kind of like a hands-off approach to investing, invests equally in two asset classes. Usually it's like stocks and bonds, and you maintain a 50-50 split each year. So he has a couch potato fund, but he says, when I get in Robin Hood, I let my emotions and FOMO get the best of me. So he's got a little bit of knowledge. He's got a little bit of experience that he's starting to build upon, but he lets his emotions and he lets the fear of missing out get the best of him. He says, between options and stupid plays that I tried to get in when my young investing friends, a group of about 10 people, bad idea, were having some success, but I lost around 30% of my portfolio. Fear not. Once I reached this low point, I began to educate myself, getting up early to study and watch all the free courses I could online. Now I feel as if I am actually very sufficient in analyzing a stock. And I'm on my way back up to get those losses back. My strategy is now to manage my risk and let my emotions calm down. The only thing I'm missing is my stock screening ability. I like looking at RSI and MACD. And I use things like Finviz and stock charts and Weeble to find and analyze. But I honestly don't know what ways to set up my screeners to find stocks that I even tend to analyze. Sorry for the super long message. Never stop what you're doing. Your podcasting strategy has really changed the way I focus and look at my portfolio. Signed, Poe. All right, Poe. We got some talking to do here. He talks about how he's gained a lot of knowledge and that he's watched a lot of YouTube videos. But I got to tell you guys, knowledge is not going to overcome emotions. It's just not. The emotions is such a huge part of the stock market. And I see it whether it's in the trading block, whether it's in the emails that I get, or whether I see it on, on just basic social media websites like StockTwits or Twitter, traders are largely guided by the emotions. And it's weird, but I would almost say you almost have to like not give a rip anymore to really conquer those emotions. And it's not that I don't give a rip on my trading. Obviously, I do or I wouldn't be managing the risk. But you just can't let those day-to-day swings like get you worked up. Once you have the parameters for the trade set up, that's what you got to run with. You can't go outside of those parameters and start, you know, getting all all crazy and saying, oh my gosh, I got to do this and I got to do that. I got to sell this and I got to buy this. Oh my gosh, did you see Tesla running up? I got to go buy it right now. It's going to go from 800 to 900 if I don't get in now and I'm going to miss all this. No, that's where people get so much in trouble with the FOMO and with these group messages, right? Guys, if you're, oh gosh, so many of these like group texts 
with friends and I got people that are in whole bunches of them, they're very dangerous because there's usually not anybody in there that's really got any experience. It's usually a group of guys or gals that just recently started trading stocks together and they don't really have any like edge or knowledge or anything. They just, they happen to get a couple of stocks right early on, or they got like a, a rise out of buying and selling stocks early on and they got their friends into it. And now all of a sudden they're, they're searching out these trades and plays each and every day. But guys, that that's really not trading. It's so much more than just the stock pick. If you're not going into the trade with a plan, I said this last episode, I probably said it the episode before, you got to know where you're going to get out before you even get in. You got to believe that you're going to be wrong on every trade you ever make. You just do. And uh, you can't trade with an attachment to your money. I know money is important. I don't want to lose the money that's in my portfolio, okay? But you've got to be able to compartmentalize those emotions. That's why in my trading, I don't, I don't track myself over the course of the year. I just care about making good trades. I care about the emotions. I care about making sure I'm taking advantage of every edge to keep my emotions in check. One of the things that I've put a huge emphasis on in the past year is exercising. Why is that? Because exercising helps me with my emotions. I am far less emotional in my everyday trading when I exercise four to five times a week. And from a physique standpoint, it's helped out tremendously as well. I'm not even doing it for that. I could care less about that part. All I want to do is make sure that I'm not doing anything to screw myself over on trading. And I feel like not exercising is a great way to screw yourself over. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But about these group trades too, is that I, I've, I've seen traders get into these group texts and they have this group think that automatically comes about. And if one guy's getting into it, they feel confident to get into it. If they see six or seven of the guys in a 10 group text get into a stock, they feel like, oh, it's got to go up. We're not all going to lose, are we? No, market doesn't care about that. And they all get into it and then they all lose. I had one of my good friends, he's in one. He's like telling me, he's like, man, most of these people in this group text, they don't have a clue to what they're doing. He says a couple of them got into these calls and options and they were up like over 400% in their portfolio. And then all of a sudden these calls just stopped printing and their portfolio dropped 50%. So now instead of being up 400% in their portfolio, they're only up 150%. Am I doing the math right there? I think I am. In any case, it's a dramatic sell-off. But you get another trade that does the same thing, and you're just going to continue to eat away at your funds in an extraordinary fashion. And you can watch all the YouTube videos. I, I, I put some of the best YouTube videos out there, in my opinion, at least, because I try to talk about the risk and the reward on everything that I do. But you can watch all of those, and if you can't get your emotions under control, they're not going to do any good for you. There's a kid in high school, kid could hit every three-pointer in practice, and then he got into the games, and he couldn't hit a single three-pointer in a game. He never hit one. I remember back in the NBA Finals back in the 90s, I was a big Orlando Magic fan growing up. Still am a little bit. They're just boring as anything to watch. And so you had the Orlando Magic playing the Houston Rockets in the NBA Finals, and the first game of that Finals, and some of you guys might remember it, Nick Anderson goes to the free throw line. And all he has to do is make one shot at the free throw line. And they'll win the game one of the NBA Finals. Incredible three-point shooter. One of the best players to ever play for the Orlando Magic in its history. He misses both of them. 
And then they run back down the court again. He misses a shot, but he gets fouled on it. So he goes to the free throw line. He missed those two as well. Houston ends up winning the game. The reason why I brought that up is that he wasn't a person that was incapable of making free throws. He didn't lack the skill in how to make a free throw, but it got into his head and he couldn't make it at the time that it mattered the most. And what's crazy is the year after the NBA Finals, his free throw percentage dropped from almost 70% the season prior down to 40% flat. I kid you not. It was worse than Shaquille O'Neal's. But that's what happens, though, when something gets into your head, when you can't control the emotions, you get into a funk. You can have all the knowledge and skills, but if you can't apply it because the emotions are getting the best of you, it doesn't matter. That's why there has to be a detachment from your trades and what that, those trades represent in terms of real dollar amounts. There's so many things that I do to keep myself detached from the dollars that I'm trading so that I'm only focused on the trades themselves, the charts that I'm trading. And yes, I see a chart going down and I can, I can at times feel it, but I got to make sure that I take a step back and just say, okay, what is the charts telling me? What is the stock telling me? What is my trading plan telling me to do? And then I follow that. And along the lines of those emotions, when you're in the group texts and when you're in the group chats with your buddies and everything, you're like, oh, we got to get into Tesla and everybody scrambles to get into it. That's because it emboldens you. You shouldn't be emboldened to buy a stock just because you're seeing everybody else getting into it. It should make sense to you. And that's like why with swingtradingthestockmarket.com, and yes, I'm going to do a shameless plug right here, but with swingtradingthestockmarket.com, I'm providing you guys every day with my market analysis. I'm providing you with analysis and updates on the most popular stocks like the FANG stocks, Microsoft, and Tesla. Also giving you my daily trade setups and the most interesting charts each and every day that I find. On top of that, I'm also providing you with multiple updates to my master watch list each and every week. So you need to go check that out as well. Because my goal there is to provide you with unemotional information that can help you with your own trading development. To show you what it looks like to not be focused solely on the dollars, but to be focused on the charts instead. Because it's the charts and it's the market that's going to make you the money, not how much you're trading, not how much you're hoping to make, not how much money your friend's making or what all your buddies are getting into. It's about the stock market. It's about managing the risk. It's about not letting the emotions get to you. And it's about making sure you don't let profits turn into losses. So a couple more points here that that this guy makes, and, and one of them is, and I'll try to wrap it up here. But he says, you know, I've lost I lost about 30% of my portfolio, but I'm on my way to making up my losses. That's not a good thing, guys. When you're trying to focus on making back your losses, don't even worry about it. Don't even look at how much money you got to make back up. Just focus on making good trades. If you start doing that, then your position sizes are going to be different. You're not going to be taking profits when you're supposed to because you got a hot hand that you think, okay, this thing's going to let me make back all my money and I'm just going to keep riding this thing higher, even though it might be giving you clear signs to get the heck out of there. Okay? You don't want that. Don't even worry about how much money you got to make back up in order to break even from a previous drawdown. That's just not what you do. You, you focus on making good trades because then you start trying to swing for the fences. Instead of going for like singles and doubles, you're just going for home runs every time because your impatience with getting back to break even is going to get the best of you because you want to get back to break even so that you can start making more money above and beyond what you actually lost. And I get that, man. Nobody wants to be digging themselves out of a hole, but once you get yourself into the hole, you're in the hole, man. Just start focusing on ways to take a one good trade here, one good trade there. You manage the loss on that bad trade, but you're just making that steady climb higher and you're not paying any attention to how far in the hole you are because when you start doing that, that becomes your focus and not the stocks. Just focus on making good trades. And he also talked about screening abilities and RSI and MACD, they're popular and everything, but you don't need those indicators necessarily. My watch lists are pretty basic. 
I go through hundreds. Sometimes in a single day, I'll go through a thousand charts. And the thing is, I'm not reliant on a watch list or a screener to give me the ideal trade setups. I use it to basically filter out the stocks that I don't want to be trading and to be able to organize the stocks that I want to be going through to see if there's a trade set up there. But things like RSI and MACD, they're just basically derivatives of price and volume. And so focus more on being good at price and volume. And the other thing too is, is dude, you're, you're trading options at 18 years old. Have you really gotten good at trading just equities? Good chance you haven't. And so many people are getting into these options. Why? Because they want to make freaking money. And yes, I get that we all want to make money in the stock market. I wouldn't be doing it if, if I wasn't wanting to make money from the stock market. But you don't take shortcuts, man. And you don't just think that, okay, I've, I've watched some YouTube videos and I've spent a couple of months learning about the stock market that some all of a sudden you're a savvy trader or you know what you're doing because more than likely you don't. You always have to be humble when it comes to the stock market. Always realize you're a breath away from blowing up your portfolio. A breath away. I, I go into it every day realizing if I'm not careful today, I'm blowing up my portfolio. If I don't keep things under control, I will blow up my portfolio. And I know I will, but I don't because I recognize my fallibility. But you guys got to stop trying to rush this process. I know that there's money to be made out there each and every day. Sometimes I make it, sometimes I don't. But you got to go through the licks. You got to go through the experiences. You got to collect those experiences. What I'm trying to do is to keep you in the game, to give you some easy shortcuts along the way. It's like, hey, do this. Hey, do that. It'll help you out. And it does. But the stock market's a journey. You're not going to like, arrive at this destination. I oftentimes compare it to golf, and I suck at golf. But the only time you're ever going to be perfect at golf is when you're shooting an 18, when you're hole and wanting everything. Otherwise, there's always room for improvement. Tiger Woods, still trying to get better. Every one of those guys are trying to get better. There's no end in sight. And it's the same thing with trading. You're trying to constantly improve. I was going back through my 2020 performance. I was looking at areas that I can improve. I could see things all over the place. Like, man, why did I trade those two stocks back to back? Why did I take profits that early? I disagree with it now in hindsight. And so I'm constantly trying to learn. But most people, I would say 99.9% .9 of people have no business ever trading options. You just really don't. I know there's some that are very conservative, but I'm just talking about like straight out buying YOLO calls or just buying calls in general. Like, I mean, 85% of these things expire worthless. I want you guys to succeed. I want Poe to succeed here, but you can't take the shortcuts. You got to quit following the group herd mentality when you're in like these group texts or whatever they are. Don't get all wrapped up into the emotion and don't try to make back all those losses. Just say, hey, this is where I'm at now. This is where I'm at. This is where I'm going for it. Forget about the past. Learn from it, of course, but don't try to say, okay, I was at A. I'm at B now. I need to get back to A. No. Be like, hey, I was at A. I'm at B now. I'm trying to get to C. You guys enjoyed this podcast. Please make sure to leave it a good review on your podcast platform of choice. If it's Apple, which for most of you, that is the case, make sure to leave a Nice review. I always love those five-star reviews and it, it encourages me. I go and read them. It encourages me to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, you guys mean the world to me. I, this is the best thing I do each and every day. So make sure to leave a review. If you guys have any questions, make sure to send me an email, ryan at shareplanner.com, and I will answer your emails. Uh, uh, just give me a good question that you'd like for me to answer and I'll put it on the air. Take care, guys, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to SharePointer.com slash trading block. That's www.SharePointer.com slash trading block. 
And follow me on Share Planner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon. 